Probably can be a flashback for some of you. You probably remember back to some of your dating days when you kissed somebody and they took off running like the wind. But um, hope not. Um, that's from Pay It Forward, by the way, a movie that is uh, really about a whole different subject, but it's uh, and a good movie at that. Um, these, these are some, we're, we're, let me tell you what we're doing real quick here, because these are, this is some important stuff that we're talking about here. If you're visiting with us, maybe you, maybe you didn't know this, maybe you did, I don't know. Uh, but we, we did a thing um, back in the spring about a three-week deal um, on what um, messages or what sermons or whatever you want to call them, talks or homilies or whatever you call them, want to call them, uh, that, that I had done in the last year that you'd like to hear again and... and um, or maybe you weren't here and liked to hear it for the first time, or whatever the case may be. Surprising to me was this was one of the top-rated messages. Um, it, was, it is a, a bit surprising. It's kind of a specific type of message that talks about the Bible and, and, and sex in the city, I call it, um, sort of tongue-in-cheek. Um, but yet, on the other hand, there's so much in, in, in the media and I'm not going to bash the media and say, oh, wicked movies and terrible TV or anything. Uh, but there's just so much in the age in which we live that, that give us misinformation about this subject. It's so important for us to have a good understanding of what the Bible does teach. So that's what we're going to do. And uh, again, I want to just mention a couple of things about that. I started to call this Lessons on Sex from a 32-Year Veteran, but I thought that may not be good. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I've been married a little over 32 years, just for the record. Okay, I want to make sure we get that out there. Um, and, and, and that's why it's necessary. It's applicable to all. And any time you do this in a church setting, whether it be a few people or whether it be a lot of people, you're going to have people from every aspect. You're going to have the singles. You're going to have the youngs, young people. You're going to have uh, the older people and, uh, at different phases of life. That's why we need to go to a place where we have truth that will be applicable to every one of us, no matter what our situation might be. Right? That's important for us to see. So, in understanding that, um, wherever you are, uh, you say, well, this isn't really applicable to me. Po- probably it is, because it has to do with worldview. And, uh, and certainly you're going to know people also who, who need this if you're not in a particular place in your life where you uh, just have to know some of these things. So that, that, that's one issue in the whole thing. But the other thing is this, and when we talk about everybody, everybody, every one of us here come from different places. And I mean, I don't mean that logistically. I mean that in terms of emotionally and baggage and, and uh, all kinds of other stuff. So um, whatever your situation, now, past, whatever, um, Think about that. And this isn't to condemn. This isn't, I'm not here to beat anybody up for past sins or, you know, future sins or currents. That's not my purpose. My purpose is just to give you a real good, positive understanding of what the Bible teaches on this very, very vital subject, too long hushed up by this thing called the church. And I say that because most of us, when we think about sex in the church, it's usually a, it's a, usually a condemning type of thing. We think of the scarlet letter. Uh, or we think of, of uh, other kinds of just misappropriations of, of all that. Or we think about preaching against the movies or Madonna or whoever it happens to be, you know, Brittany or whoever happens to be the, the uh, flavor of the month, as it were. So I want to give you three, three thoughts here, and then I'm going to try to go through those pretty quickly and, and then kind of wrap up some things with that to get you to understand just a general good 
truthful worldview. And some things I'm going to say won't have a thing to do with you. But some of them might. So you just make the application to your own life as, as, uh, as you will. First thing is this. Sex, sex is good. No, it's great. Okay? Um, and I wouldn't say that on my own. Well, I would say that on my own. But, but at the same time, I want to show you what the Bible says about this. Proverbs, I'll just kind of blow through some of these. This first one I'm going to talk about for a moment. Let your wife, this is from Proverbs 5, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Just think about that just for a second. I don't want to get too personal here, all right? Um, because all of us, as I said, have been through some different things. But you think maybe Solomon, who wrote this, at an, at a, who had been through a lot of women, by the way, just to be real blunt with you. I mean, this, this guy was the original. I mean, he made Playboy look like Sunday school, all right? Now, do you think, though, maybe when he said, rejoice in the wife of your youth, do you think maybe he was also saying, hey, guys, and it doesn't always happen this way, but it does more times than not, you know? It's a lot more common for a guy my age, 50-something, uh, to, to kind of, there could be different circumstances, I realize that, but let me just state the typical case. A guy 50-something dumping his wife and, you know, getting close to a 30-year-old babe, or nothing wrong with 30-year-old babes, we have some here. Uh, nothing wrong with that, okay? But you see that a lot more. We have that term, we've coined a term for that. Read a story about it the other day in the journal, trophy wives. We see that a lot more. You don't really, I don't know that I've ever heard or read the term trophy husbands. Um, don't think, you know, I know what you're thinking, ladies. You're thinking there ain't no such thing. <laughs> no. But I mean, normally, and so do you think maybe Solomon in, in, his, in his wisdom was saying, hey, stick with that lady. She's been with you through thick and thin. She almost died bringing children into the earth, onto the earth. She'd been through, she'd been through, she'd been through, through hell with you a couple of times. She stuck with you when you were an arrogant young jerk. Is this confession time? No. Um, <clears throat> you see his point here? Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She's been there for you. Just because the flavor of the month comes along, a little younger, a little more tanned, a little harder body. So what? I hope you all can take blunt talk. If you can't, just hang on here with me. Right? She's a loving doe. Now, this is kind of allegorical, so don't get too hung up on this. She's a loving, she's a loving doe. I mean, you, you get this... She's cute, you know, she's, she's a graceful deer. Let her breast satisfy you always. Whoa, baby. Um, may you, I'll let you deal with that one. Uh, may you always be captivated or intoxicated by her love. I just think that's great that's in the Bible. One of the first memory verses I ever had, no. Um, isn't that a great verse? I mean, it just really is terrific. <laughs> Let me, show you, let me show you another one real, real, real quick here. Hebrews 13, marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. And he's just telling us the sex is great. I made it for this purpose, for husbands and wives to express their love to one another. And it's terrific. Don't let people put it down. Don't let people, as they did during the Victorian era, say that it's just for reproductive purposes and all this other kind of crap that goes around. Don't let people tell you that stuff. That's not true. You know, and, and, I mean, you know, you go back to, I didn't put it up for you on the PowerPoint, but there's a, there's a 
passage in Genesis that I just like a lot, too, of Abraham and Sarah. And, of course, we, this was, they were, I don't know where exactly they were in this particular passage in the book of Genesis, but this is Abraham, and the King James puts it this way, which is kind of cool. Abraham was sporting with his wife. What do you think that meant? <laughs> they weren't playing Frisbee. Okay, so <laughs> sex was designed for intimacy. It's, it's, it's one form, not the only form. This is where we get into some trouble, and in, in, I don't think just our culture, in any culture, but especially our culture with the media and so forth. It's not the only form of intimacy, but it's one of many. And we get all hung up on that sometimes. It's, it's a, there's emotional intimacy. That's where we, where we sometimes say guys, and this is, this is a, again, a generalization that's not always true, but they sometimes say guys have a problem with emotional intimacy, and we talk about feeling, and we talk about um, an emotional intimacy is like having a heart-to-heart talk. It's a very close thing. It's a very important thing, and I don't necessarily accept that. That's, that's a personality-driven thing. Some, I know some guys who are very much, um, uh, that's very much a part of their lives. But there's spiritual intimacy also that has to do with, just praying together. You know, it's amazing to me that people, people sometimes that are married for years and years and years don't understand the joy and the, and the tenderness of just, just not with the family, but just the husband and wife privately praying together, asking God to bless each other, take care of their kids and all the things that we pray about. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's an intimate thing. No? So there's a, that's emotional intimacy. There's, that's spiritual intimacy. There's physical intimacy. That's, that's what we call, okay, guys, this is not an oxymoron, okay? That's what we call non-sexual touching, okay? It's not an oxymoron. Sometimes guys think that it is. Um, it's, it's showing affection. It's affection. Sometimes just hugging, holding hands, whatever. Um, and then, of course, there's sexual. So we got all kinds of different kinds of, of intimacy here. Sexu- sexuality is one of them. It's wrong to deny the others as much as it is to wrong to deny one. So, so from God's perspective, sex is good. No, sex is great. Now, second thing I want you to see here. Sex was designed for married people to express intimate, lifelong love. Now, let me just show you a couple of, uh, well, let me show you one negative verse that I think you probably are aware of. Exodus chapter 20 says it this way, do not commit adultery. Just make sure you understand adultery. Adultery, sometimes people make a distinction between adultery and fornication. They say, well, adultery is for married people, fornication is for single people. It's all adultery, okay? There's some different words, when, some different meanings, when nuances when you get into the original language. Fornication really is, uh, take, the Greek word is pornea. We get our word pornography from there. And it has to do, fornication has to do all kinds of different kinds of sexual sin. This is particular sexual sin. This is sex with somebody that's not your wife. Not necessarily somebody else's wife but somebody that's not your wife or your husband. Make that clear, okay? So he's just saying this is for married people. 1 Corinthians 7 goes a little different, goes a little further. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 8 and 9, Now I say to those who aren't married, to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am, but if they can't control themselves, what's he talking about here? They should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. That is the verse, I'm not joking, but I, that is the verse that I have used more than once when I have tear, two dear souls come to me and they say they want to get married and they want to wait and they love each other and they believe that this is God's person for them and this is God's man, God's woman for them, but we're going to wait a year and get married. And I'm like, how stupid are you? I mean, really, if you love each other, 
Certain things are going to kick in. I don't care whether you, I don't care who you are. Certain things are going to kick in, and you're asking for trouble. Now, I'm not necessarily saying everybody ought to get married real quick, but what I am saying is think about this a little bit. If two, two God-loving, God-fearing people love each other, and, and this is their life mate, and they know that, and they want to just say, well, I want to wait, and obviously there are circumstances that may cause that, and I understand that, and that's not what I'm talking about, but under normal conditions, I'm going to wait for a year, I'm going to wait for a year and a half. That's not natural. That's not natural if there's, a, if there's truly a deep love here for each other. Now, of course, we live in a society where it's okay. I don't think it's okay by, by the Bible's teaching, but we, we live in a society where it's okay, we can live together for a while. And, um, and let me just say, if that's your situation or you've been a part of that or doing that or whatever it happens to be, hey, God love you. You know, you need to understand that's not right. Will you be forgiven? Yeah, God will forgive you. He'll forgive you for anything, for goodness sakes. He'll forgive you for that. But I, would, I always say to people like that, listen, let's experience God's best. Let's, if, 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 if you really feel that way about one another and, and you're living as a married couple are right now, let's, let's just finalize that thing before God. And let's go ahead and get married. I can do that for you right now, right here. I've said that a, a, a couple of times. People have taken me up on that. And, I, you know, and obviously, I don't just do that with anyone, but understanding their, their love and their commitment for one another. Let's just ask God's blessing on this, and let's get married. So, so that's, that's part of the issue here. So what's he talking about there? He's talking about there is this thing inside of all of us that is called a sexual desire. However you want to define that, whatever you want to call it, we can, we can take different versions of that, and we can change that and try to, try to make us different or, or try, to, try, to, try to suppress that or, or, or try to call it something different than what it is or try to change the rules a little bit or whatever we want to do. But here's what God says we should do. They can't control themselves. They should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. The control issue there he's talking about is sexual, sexual stuff. So, so there you go. God, uh, sex, is, uh, sex was designed for married people to express intimate, lifelong love for one another. Let me show you one more verse about this. It's from Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that the law of Moses says, don't commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his eyes already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's where he takes it further than just the physical act, but takes it even into the heart. So we see from God's perspective that this truth is real, is real important. Um, God says, this is what... I have for my people to best enjoy life. Let me show you this third thought. And I want to just kind of draw some of these things together. Sexual sin has serious repercussions. Again, this is, I'm going to, this is the third time I've said this, and I'll probably say it one more time after this. Because I'm not here to condemn. I'm not here to make one feel guilty. If you feel guilty, you need to ask yourself, Why? And ask God to deal with you accordingly. But that's not my purpose. My purpose is just to give you a, a, a proper view with truth and how God, will, God wants to bless you. He really does. And he's got some very specific ways, standards in which that can be done. There are many ways that can be done, but this is one of them. Sexual sin has serious repercussions. Let me show you three passages from the Bible again. First one is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Run away from sexual sin. No other sin. Here we go. Run away from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. 
Or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? Now, he's talking to believers here, people who have trusted Jesus. He's talking to what we call people of faith. So he's not just talking to anybody. But he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and is given, was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Isn't that good? You don't belong to yourself. People say, well, this is my body. No, it's God's body. He gave it to you to use. You don't belong to yourself, for God brought you with, bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. It's pretty good. Pretty hard to get around there. I'll show you the next one. I'm sure we have it. Proverbs chapter 5. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in public having sex with just anyone? You should resolve it for your, reserve it for yourselves. Don't share it with strangers. And then he goes into the verses that we read earlier, um, which ends with, may you always be captivated with her love. Sexual sin has serious repercussions, and we need to think about that. We need to understand that as we deal with people. There are serious repercussions. Can I get away with it? Sure, you can get away with it. Um, can I get away with it and, and be okay? You know, define okay. Um, it has physical effects. We know that. Diseases, other kinds of physical issues that can happen when we're immoral. Um, sometimes you get caught, so to speak. Sometimes you don't. Uh, it has financial effects. Some of the people that uh, have maybe had a, an affair or something like that, sometimes it's cost them a lot of money. Um, in the long haul. Um, it has emotional effects. affects us emotionally. And certainly it has spiritual effects. So that's the issue here. So when I, when I, when I talk about this, God doesn't present sex to us as, okay, you know, in, in, this, in this condemnatory type of manner. He says, here it is. It's beautiful. It's a gift. It's from me. Enjoy it in the confines of which I've designed it. If you go outside of those confines, there are some things that will happen that aren't very pleasant. And if God were speaking, he would say, and I love you enough that I don't want you to experience that. It's not a matter of breaking the rules. It's not a matter of, oh, you're being kept from fun. It's a matter of, this is fun in the confines of which I've designed it. Outside of those confines, all hell can break loose. And you know what I mean by that. And I believe God would say it pretty much like that. We've all seen it. Some of us have experienced it. That's why God says, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want my children to go through that. Therefore, just, 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 just get the right view. Get the right view. Don't try to distort it. Get the right view and, and, and enjoy it as the gift that it was intended to be. See, that's what's not being taught. That's, not what's, that's, that's the misinformation, unfortunately, that's being presented in so many different ways in our society today. Not just through media, but also just... You know, I, I saw the change in my life. I saw the change really take place through the 60s. And um, I was 10 years old when they started. I was 20 years old when they ended. And, and um, I could just see clearly, I just, it was just like, whoa. Just amazing the changes that happened through that time period in morals. Am I going to say there was nobody immoral before that? Of course that's not true. They, uh, certainly they were. But I think the, the free love movement, which is a lie in and of itself, really sort of popularized that. And then we saw a lot more, a lot more havoc, re, just, just all kinds of wrecked lives and so forth. And we still see it today. 
as people try to seek happiness. I just want to be happy. I just want to, I just want to experience pleasure. I, just want, I understand that. God bless you. We all do. And God says, I want you to, too. Here you go. Now, here's the boundaries I've given you. You go outside those boundaries and, you know, it's kind of like the law of gravity. It's great to jump off a big tower, but unless you have a bungee cord or a parachute, it's going to really hurt when you get there, you know? It's the same thing with this, with this deal. So sin, sexual sin has serious repercussions. Now, let me give you some thoughts on this whole thing. Just kind of wrap these things up for us, all right? I got various thoughts that I want to give, and that is this. I've already said this. The negative is always followed by the positive, particularly when you come to the Bible. Unfortunately, we've sort of majored on the negative in the church, big C. We've sort of majored on the negative, not hit the positive. That's what this is about. Another thought. What if my experience was immoral but not world-crashing? So many times you get around guys my age or younger sometimes, guys that have been married for a few years, and they sort of, particularly in guy places, you don't usually hear this around their wives, although it has happened a few times, and they talk about sexual exploits of maybe their high school or college or graduate school years, and, and oh, that was really great, and this was great, and all this other thing, and, I, you know, and, and they got away with it. No disease, no, no, uh, no problems here, no problems there, except for this thing. You don't know of some of the hearts that were affected by that. You don't know of some of the brokenness that might have happened that you're not aware of. So what happens if I did get, go through that and my, and my world didn't crash? Well, the first thing, you don't know that. Second thing is maybe it didn't. And you know what you need to do? You just need to thank God for mercy and grace. To say thanks, God, because there are many people who have, who have broken the laws of God in many ways and by His grace haven't had their world come crashing down. And then there are other times, certainly, when, when it does. And that, of course, is when it becomes even more clear. So, what of my experience? You know, and that's, that, that's, you, can't, you can't go with that. Let me show you a, a third little thought here. Sexual compatibility. What are we talking about there? One of the things that I often hear and I've been at this a few years in terms of dealing with the Bible and what it teaches on this and, 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 and talking to people on a personal level about some of these issues and so forth. And one of the things you always, not always, but frequently will hear is, well, you know, I think you need to kind of have some time together with the woman or the husband, uh, the, the person who's going to be your lifelong mate, just to see if you're sexually compatible. <sighs> Wrong answer. None of us are always compatible in any way all the time. My gosh, if you're married to the same woman or man for 20 or 30 or 40 years, you change. Bodies change. Hormones change. You need this from Rich? No. I mean, things change, okay? You're going to figure this stuff out, you know? So, so what might have been compatible when you were 22 or 25 or 30 isn't going to be the same when you're 40, 50, or 60. I mean... If it's not founded on a deep-rooted, unconditional love for one another, you got deep troubles. Speaking of which, interjection, recommendation of the week. You saw it if you get this week at Renaissance, the little email that we send out every week. Go see the notebook. Go see the notebook with your wife or your husband or girlfriend or boyfriend. Unconditional love. Take a, take a handkerchief with you, too. <laughs> Unconditional love. See, that's the whole thing, this whole sexual compatibility thing. 
well, if we were all machines, did we just sort of wind each other up and do our thing and boom, that's good. But that's not, we, there's so much more involved. And what we've tried to do in our culture, especially, but in other cultures as well, is we try to short-circuit that whole process and make it strictly an external thing. We're not external people. We may want to go that way, but there's a whole lot more internally. And if we miss that, we miss everything. Not just the, the right relationship with our mate, but the right relationship with God, too. It's so much easier to externalize things. You can't do that. Same thing, we, we, we've done that in other... You hear me talk about it all the time it, it, with, with church. With, with spiritual things. We try to, well, do this and do this and don't do this and everything will be great. And then you do this and then you don't do those things and everything's not always great. Why? Because there's a whole lot more to it. It's right down here in the heart. And that's the issue here. So the sexual compatibility thing, that, that, that dog don't hunt. I'm sorry. That's just, we all have to deal with this. This is a protective thing. This is a protective thing and we need to understand that. It's, it's, not, it's not to condemn. It's to protect us. Um, and I've said that a couple of times, but I just can't emphasize that enough. Last little thought that I want to give you on this is, what if I've screwed this up? You know, well, that's when you thank God for grace. You thank God for forgiveness. There probably aren't too many of us, even in this fairly small group in here this morning, probably aren't too many of us who haven't screwed this up in one form or another in our lives, whether it be external or whether it be internal. And that's when you come to God and you say, God, I'm so grateful for Jesus because he came and suffered on that cross and died and rose again for me and for my stuff, whether it be sexual or whether it be emotional or whether it be something else. I'm so thankful for that. And I want to trust Jesus right now. And you know, you can do that right here, right where you're sitting. Don't even have to be the end of the service. And you just say, Lord, I want to trust you right now. And, and if you screwed up, thank God for forgiveness. Thank God that you can move on. Thank God that you can move forward and you don't have to live in the past. And that's a great thing. Let me give you these takeaway thoughts to take home real quick and, and, we'll, and we'll wrap this up. first thing is this. Have a healthy view. This has been one of my main purposes here. Have a healthy view of this God-ordained wonder called sex. Have a healthy view of it. Because it's a great thing. God designed it. He designed it within certain confines. That of matrimony. And inside of that, just have a blast. <laughs> I had a, I had a, when we were in Vail, I had a, a, a young couple one time come to me, and they were just, they had just come to faith. They had just, they had been through just a horrible background, and, and immoral, and drugs, and the whole deal, you know, and they had just decided to just really give their lives to Christ, and, uh, and we were talking, and they had been living together, and I hadn't even talked about that, because I said, you know, that's, we'll talk about that when the time comes. I've had people throughout my life in ministry who've come to church and haven't always been married, and we just be patient with them, and when it comes up, we'll talk about it. If not, we won't talk about it and just ask God to work in their hearts and work in their lives. And this was one of those situations. Love them anyway, you know? He doesn't, whatever. So, and they had, they had been living together for quite a while and 
Uh, they didn't know this, but in the eyes of Colorado law, they were married because in Colorado law, it only takes one night to represent yourself as husband and wife, check into a hotel under the same name, whatever. According to Colorado law, you're married. Okay? And I'm not sure how it is in New Jersey. But um, in New Jersey, you probably have to have 400 different means of identification and go to the DMV and get humiliated and persecuted, and then maybe, maybe they might marry you then. But anyway... Um, um, so, and, and so I was, I was presenting. They had never heard anyone talk to them about sex. From the Bible. They never heard anybody talk to them about the Bible. So I was just presenting some of these things very, in just a conversational manner. I just show them a couple of verses. Say, here's what the Bible says. Some of these verses that I've shown. And this girl got so excited because we were talking about getting married. And she says, do you mean that God delights for us to have a good sexual relationship? I said, you bet. When you're husband and wife, God delights in that kind of thing. Really? And she'd been raised in a, well, I'll say it, I'm not picking on Catholics, but she'd been raised in a, in a pretty strict Catholic background and been just been, this had been poo-pooed all of her life. No, no, not sex, not sex. Oh, my gosh, sex, not sex. So, so as a result, she was just blown away. And I could, I'll never forget the expression on both of their faces, and it was almost like, can we get married right now? <laughs> I said, yeah, we can do that. Um, so anyway, a healthy view of this God-ordained wonder called sex. Second thing goes along with that, what I just illustrated. Though that God is pleased for married couples or a married couple to have hot sex. Okay? I just wanted to throw that in, just because I wanted to say it. Okay? I just wanted to say it. So there you go. Okay? Um, third thing, recognize God's principles are for our benefit. We need to understand this. God's not out to beat up anybody. He's not out to condemn anybody. He, God loves you. God wants you to have a relationship with him. And God wants you to enjoy all the things that he has created in the way that he created them. Including sex. Recognize God's principles are for our own, our own benefit. And the last thing is this, and I really want to hit this just for a moment. God deeply cares about the whole person. So many times we start if not dichotomous, we're trichotomous or more in terms of starting separating different areas of our lives. Well, from God's perspective, it all goes together. And your sex life to God is just as important as your spiritual life because it's all part of us. And a lot of people don't understand that. But God created the whole person. We have taken different things, whether it be sex or whether it be you know, alcohol or whether it be you know, money or whatever it happened, we've taken different things and, and distorted the value of, in, in our lives and maybe distorted the use of them in different ways. But God cares about the whole person. He loves us that much. And that's what's really cool about this whole message to me. That's why, that's why I can talk about sex in front of people who are at many different stages of life. Some, some married, some not, some young, some old, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because from God's perspective, the whole thing is all wrapped up together in this, this what I call this whole personhood that, that Christ came. And, and remember, Jesus' words, I came that you might have life. And have it how? More abundantly. More abundantly. And that includes every area of our lives. Well, we can thank God in that. For some of us, it may begin with just a, a prayer of forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness. For some of us, it might be thanking God that we learn from a young age what's important and what's not important. 
and we've sought to follow those principles. Well, no, it, we're all coming from different places. For some of us, it may be beginning by just saying something like, you know, Lord, not only have I messed this up, but I've messed up a whole lot of other things. And I want to just come to you right here and just say, Lord, in my own mind and conscience, and just say, Lord, I want to I trust you right now, right here, right where I am. And you can do that. Go home and think about it. You need somebody to talk to, I'd love to talk to you about it. We have several people here who could talk to you about that or any other aspect of that. Let's pray together. Lord God, we do thank you for the privilege. And help us not to forget that it is a privilege of being able to come here and just unashamedly talk about the kind of view, a worldview, view of life that will make a difference in our lives whether it be sexuality or whether it be emotions or whether it be something else. Lord, our Father, I, I just pray that each one of us would, would be reflective, would be sensitive, would be open to that leading and that speaking of that inner voice in each one of us. I don't know what that voice might be saying to each person, Lord, but, but they do. And I just pray that, I just ask you, Lord, to, to be be at work in each one's conscience and life and heart in that way. We thank you for our time. We thank you for the truth, Lord. We pray that we would be better people because of it, and that we would be closer in our relationship with you because of it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for coming. A little, little warm, but not as bad as it has been. Um, as you as as you're dismissed, let me just tell you this: those, especially those, some of you, this is going to get be repetitious. Those of you who are visiting with us, uh, mid-August, probably, probably, will be in the Opera House. Probably, please emphasize and underline that word. Okay, we're dealing with construction terms here. You understand that. And if those of you who are visiting with us don't know that, we're going to be moving into the Opera House in some, sometime, hopefully, this year. Okay. Um, <laughs> So there you go. We're going to be dismissed with the guys taking us out here. Find somebody you don't know before you leave. Thanks for coming.